Greetings! Welcome aboard the Diecast Enterprise. This is Bags. And I'm Foley. And tonight's episode was Data Lore. Episode 13 of Season 1. It's exciting times because we're finally meeting Data's long-lost brother, Lore, on the planet... O- Omicron Percy I-8. No, Omicron Theta. <laughs> Greetings! <laughs> oh. I am Lore of the planet Omicron <laughs> Theta. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's inspired that, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, there's plenty of inside jokes in Futurama that are Trek-based, so... Yep. Would not surprise me. So, this episode... The crew is on route to another mission, but they just have a few hours to kill, more or less. So Picard's like, let's go check out Data's homeworld. Yeah, let's go check out Data's homeworld. Apparently, in the past 26 yeah. years, no one else has done it. So why not us? We've got a couple hours to kill. There was this... There's this gnarly mystery there about how the whole everyone on the planet died and now that they go and see it there's not a living thing on the planet no not even any bacteria i've got a pretty big problem with the whole setup here how starfleet never went back after they discovered data you don't know that yes we do man we totally do you there is absolutely no reasonable way you can say you are inferring that from the absence of any evidence to the contrary. <laughs> I am in... <laughs> so there. Hit you on that. Listen, if if Jordy discovered that secret lab... Jordy's got his visor. He can see things that other people can't. Motherfucking tricorders, asshole. I'm telling, I'm telling you that there's absolutely no way that any team that went back to investigate where data came from and further to investigate what the fuck happened to that Federation colony... Look... It's just not a particularly interesting mystery, apparently. I guess And so. if you think that a tricorder is up to the standards of Geordi's visor, you have not been paying attention. <laughs> apparently not, because in this episode, as in many others and more to come in season one, they send Data to the window. Geordi. Because, <laughs> pardon me. They send Geordi yeah. to the window because apparently his visor is way better than the ship's sensors. Damn straight. For some reason. For some reason, a starship cannot house sensor equipment better than what Jordy has on his fucking face. I, I don't know. Are you kidding me? I, I don't know why you have a problem with this. I have a huge problem with this. <sighs> that, that's like, you know, someone at an observatory saying, well, we're getting some really good images through this telescope, but hey, Johnson, you've got some pretty powerful glasses. Why don't you go outside and take a look and tell us what you see? A glasses, Jordy's visor is not akin to a pair of glasses. I'm just saying that for their size... They really shouldn't be more powerful than a starship. Tell me I'm wrong. I, I think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you only think I'm wrong because you like to argue with me. I love it. I know. I don't know what your problem is. Well, uh, be on my side one time. All right. Fine. Hey, what do you think about Star Trek? I love Star Trek. Oh, I'm on your side. <laughs> oh, God, you're such a dick all the time. So they go down to the planet and they discover the secret the secret chamber where the colonists hid from the crystalline entity. But we learned about the crystalline entity later in the episode, but fuck it. They hide from the crystalline entity down there. And that's where they find the pieces of lore. The whole thing begins with, I guess, we're we're shown the spot where Data's birthplace, as it were. The facility that they find hidden, you know, essentially behind the rock that Geordi opens up. It clearly was big enough to house the entire colony, but it also contains the robotics laboratory of famed android scientist Dr. Nunian Soon. It's true. Data, for some reason, has been implanted with the memories of the colonists that lived on this planet. It's never really made clear why this was done, I guess, just to preserve them. 
because yeah. they knew they were doomed or something? Yeah. The timeline is a bit weird for everything. It seems like the, the planet was getting attacked once a rich farming colony. Farming and science. Its main... Uh its main focus was science, apparently, but it was also pretty good at farming, too. Standard kind of civilization colony if you ever played the game. Just focus on tech and agriculture. Yeah, they, they were getting attacked by the Crystalline Envy. And they sought refuge in this underground facility. facility. At some point, disaster struck, and they were all just, everyone was killed. But they did have time first to place data on a slab outside the <laughs> Fill in with their precious memories and turn on a homing beacon. And then he was found by the crew of the USS Tripoli. Yeah, who found him and then apparently did no more investigation at all. Well, that's oh, hey, look, think. a robot. We got let's places call it to be. We got, let's we call got it a day. We gotta go. Yeah, we got you things know? to do. Oh, hey, here's Data, the most incredible discovery in the history of robotics. Let's never go back and uh, look into this further. Nah. Because, you know, why would we bother? You don't know they didn't go back. We know they didn't go back. All right, whatever. Well, anyway, inside the cybernetics lab, there's a big smoky, smoke-filled <laughs> closet, essentially. Yeah, the, which they open up, you know, without even checking whether that's poisonous gas in there that comes billowing out no, of them. Don't worry, it's just stage smoke. It's just dry ice. <laughs> revealing, um... Really ugly pieces uh, of mannequin. Data's mannequin butt and a mannequin chest and a head that appears to be for a robot that look, it bears a striking resemblance to Lieutenant Commander Data. Does it bear a striking resemblance to Data in it, its disassembled form? Because that head looked nothing like Brent Spiner to me. If I had carved a head of Brent Spiner, it would have looked like that. Yes, that's true. I will give you that. If yeah. you had carved that head, that's, that is what it would have looked like. That's probably better than my best work. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Data's the interior of Data's body is much simpler than I would have expected. Like every time we see like all of his joints and whatnot, or where the legs connect to the torso and everything, it's yeah. very plain. Like it's just like black with like a gear slot in it that you plug into. Well, we do we do see when they're obviously they take the lore bits back to the ship and they're gonna oh let's build it back together. Data's really invested in this, so they spend their time doing that. But I, I think the I think the things we're seeing there are just the connection joints, like not the yeah. I mean, not there is a scene where we see they've they've actually opened up like the chest cavity and it yeah, is Yeah, we got like, that really nice look at uh, cool Data's nipples, this time not covered in lycra. Mm -hmm. You know, the nipples you've been seeing all season, now bared at last. Uh, they're white, by the way. It's a good makeup job. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, this is the second appearance of Chief Engineer Argyle, uh, the only engineer in season one to make a repeat appearance. He was around long enough only to bring back to life Data's greatest enemy. It's good yeah, work, Argyle. And, you know, to impress us all with his fine acting chops. Yeah, he was good. Solid engineer, I gotta say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I disagree with Foley. I thought his acting was really planned. You just disagree with everything I say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, newsflash. Laura is super evil. Oh my god, an evil twin on Star Trek? Are you kidding me? Crazy, huh? They are breaking new ground with this next-gen series, I tell you what. So, all the things that make Data sort of disarming, I suppose, despite the fact he's an android, he's very polite, very uh, formal in his speech, naive, he lacks, you know, the ability to master simple human things. We see, you know, charmingly, he spends the beginning beginning scene trying to learn how to practice his sneezes. That is charming, isn't uh -huh. it? That's totally how I would describe that scene. Charming. Yes. yes. Lore contrasts all these things with more insidious characteristics. <laughs> he's deceitful, he lies to Picard, to his face, to the first 
first thing he does when he wakes up. He can use contractions. Lord he gets is, angry and he laughs. He's just a douche lord. Like his main distinguishing feature is that Lore is an asshole. You just don't like Lore. No, I don't like Lore. Well, you know you know what, sir? You're not supposed to. He's a bad guy. Exactly. More or less, like right away, he's like he's clearly up to stuff. And it turns out that uh, Lore has a alliance with the crystalline entity. <laughs> and is in fact responsible for telling the crystalline entity where the colonists were hiding. Yeah, he totally narked them out to gain favor with the crystalline entity. But, you know, I guess too little too late because he got disassembled by the colonists before the crystalline entity could return and eat them all up. It's no small surprise. Like, if you were, if you were Nuni and Soong, or you were the colonists living around and Soong makes this android who's, like, mega creepy and a big jerk, wouldn't you insist on him being disassembled? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I just find it interesting that Lore had enough time before his disassembly to contact the crystalline entity. I'm also not at all uh, clear on exactly how Nuni and Soong escaped the crystalline entity while the rest of the colony perish? Oh, spoiler! <laughs> oh gosh, I'm sorry. That episode where we find out Nuni and Soong's alive came out, what, 20 years ago? Hey, that, but it's like three seasons past this one. <laughs> yeah, so. Okay, fine. Now that now that, now that that's been spoiled for you, Nuni and Soong survives. <laughs> yeah, who knows how he escapes? It's not clear. I guess yeah. maybe he had a secret escape pod? Maybe. I don't know. Whatever. This is a fairly small story. Yeah, we're basically introduced to the character of Lore and how he's sort of a creepy foil for Data. And then he, like, knocks Data out and takes his place. And Of course. Only Wesley catches on to this, of course. And once again, the no crew listens doesn't to listen to Wesley because Wesley's just a dumb kid. Despite the fact that the very, like, right near the beginning of the episode... Data says to Lore... He's not to be underestimated. Yeah, don't underestimate Wesley. Mm -hmm. he, he merely has the body of a child. We've found him to be much more than that. He may have the body of a child, but he has the sweaters of a man. <laughs> Precisely. And then they he, <laughs> treat him like a child. Wesley gets his... Wesley gets his chops busted several times for being too lippy in the this, minds of both Riker and Picard. This episode is the origin of fandom's favorite phrase, Shut up, Wesley! Shut up, Wesley! Shut up, Wesley! It gets said twice by Picard and then by his mother. Data gets incapacitated by Lore, and only the quick-thinking and stubborn actions of a plucky young Wesley Crusher, with an assist from his mom, save the day to reactivate Data and thwart Lore's plan down in the cargo hold to... What is he even doing? I... <laughs> He wants to feed the Enterprise <clears throat> to the Crystal Entity. Exactly. Right. So his plan is that he's ostensibly there to beam a tree out into space, which they're going to shoot to prove their power. But what happened? What the plan is, because the Enterprise has to lower its shields to beam out the tree, when he signals the entity that he's about to do it, the uh, entity will have that moment to pounce, move to in. strike. Precisely. The entity, the Enterprise will be unprepared, and before they can react, the entity is going to be in there gobbling up the Enterprise. So this plan's just about to go into fruition when uh, Data busts in with, with Wesley and, and Crusher and stops Lore from, like, lowering the shields? And he stops Lore from finishing explaining the plan. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then there's a nice 80s fight of Brent Spiner versus Brent Spiner. Yeah, and because it's the 80s... And with they, stunt double. <laughs> oh, man, the stunt double's wig is really bad. Yeah. There's a scene earlier in the episode where it's a... Uh, Laura and Data walking side by side and down the corridor. And there's a front view where they've 
they've done a split shot, so it is Brent Spiner with Brent Spiner. But there's a shot from behind where they just cut the corner, cut corners, and didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And it's Brent Spiner and a guy that isn't quite as tall as Brent Spiner and yeah. isn't really the same build as Brent Spiner <laughs> and has a very poor wig. Yeah, <laughs> that's supposed to emulate Brent Spiner. Can we get back to the Enterprise's plan here, the intended plan, which is to beam a tree into space and to shoot it? Yeah, and, but remember, this is Lore's plan. Why did they go for that? Like, they never try that with the Romulans. Like, I know. Let's show the Romulans how intimidating they are. We'll beam a tree into space I think and the, shoot uh, I think what we're supposed to assume is that they're in imminent danger. Because Picard initially does question the plan, but then they get rocked by the crystal and he's like, Fine, fine, do it. You know, he doesn't question... He doesn't push the question of how Data knows how to communicate with the entity. It's a very weird plan. It is a weird plan. For all of his talk about how superior he is and how smart he is, Lore's kind of an idiot. Like, he's not clever. That's such a, that's a stone-cold diss. Because you think his plan is silly? His plan almost worked. <laughs> I know, and that's that's the sad thing about it. And, if it wasn't and, for and the he, interventions of and he says, Plucky like, Wonderkind. He says to Data, after he kicks a chip in his head, he's like, you want to be as stupid as them, brother? Yeah. The episode ends, and Picard, like... like oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Wesley once again saves the day. Of course. Because Laura is about to shoot Crusher? Wesley? No, Laura and Data are tussling. Data oh, they're fighting. throws Laura onto the pad, and Wesley beams him out into space. Right. Laura's already shot Crusher on her way out the door. Oh, that part was great. Yeah. Um, no, but he's in the midst of firing again. The, the, the transporter beam cancels the... Uh, cancels the weapon. Yeah. The shot. And, yeah, then... They just beam Laura to space. Yeah, and then the crystalline entity takes off, presumably with, with Laura in tow, because the Enterprise makes no effort to recover Lore. Yeah, and everybody is like, well, that's that. <laughs> it's like, well, that's over. Let's go get our computers fixed. You know, apparently they're they're overdue to get McAfee installed on their computers, so off they go. Yeah, it's a tidy, yeah. tidy little adventure. Kind of. <laughs> with no loose ends. None at all. <laughs> Uh, and they don't even really explore the, the colony and uh, that uh, that subterranean enclosure nearly well enough either. Again, maybe, <clears throat> maybe now they're going to go... There's the standard trope that they're going to send back a science team. Well, I hope so, time. because... Send you know, one of the science vessels? It would have been nice if a science team had been sent in, like, the nearly 30 years since Data's discovery. Well, yeah. I'm just saying... Um, there is that piece of equipment that we see in that lab that shows up all throughout Next Gen. There's this weird, these weird kind of tubes with what look like lasers in them. Laser tubes? Yeah. yeah. And it shows up in the background of a ton of places in Next Gen. Like, it's basically a piece of equipment they have to make a place look science-y. Mm-hmm. So, happens all over the place. It's also in Generations. It's also in The Last Starfighter. I was not familiar with this problem but I'll take your word for it. Yeah, it's all over the place. Also, Redhead Watch. In this episode, Data replaces her at the con. Mm-hmm. And then she just, for some reason, once she's relieved of the con, she goes back and mans the security post. Yeah, I don't get it. Whatever, again. Although I guess, you know, Worf has manned the con before. That's true. So maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's like, did you ever play volleyball in gym class? So, you know, like you do one thing and then you have to move around in a pattern. So, like, after you do the con, yeah, yeah. the next designated spot is the security post. Yeah, yeah, maybe. After that, you go back like, to the science thing at the That's a weird way to do things on a ship, but could maybe maybe they've taken on the volleyball framework. Starfleet loves volleyball. Yeah. Maybe. 
in the future volleyball is like called something else you know it's probably that Parisi Squares yeah yeah it's probably Parisi Squares maybe I think Parisi Squares is probably a much cooler game that has yet to be invented it clearly involves uh, a lot of broken bones people keep mm-hmm. getting hurt playing that game I always confuse in my brain Parisi Squares and Stratagema you made a mockery of Stratagema if you confuse it with Parisi Squares but we've never actually seen Parisi Squares played we've only seen people walking off to play Parisi Squares or going to uh, sickbay after After. playing Parisi Squares is clearly a multiplayer game I think involving teams of at least two maybe more in my brain it's kind of like Highline yeah totally it's like Space Highline and like you you go like Gravity is works differently, so like you can run up walls and shit. That's what's happening in my brain. I bet you that's it's some sort of game involving yeah. that. That'd be yeah. great. Stratagema though is like essentially a tabletop game. Basically, quicks, but with three with three layers, and you use fingers yeah. to control it. It's weird. It looks fun too. So yeah, there wasn't really a lot to cover so in the, this episode. This brings the so far the season total of Evil Brothers up to one. Mm-hmm. It will increase later to at least two. We had Thomas Riker, of course. Yeah, but he's not really evil. He's Isn't just... he? No, he's not. He totally is. He, is joins, he? he joins the Maquis later. Does he? I don't know if that makes him evil. That makes him morally <laughs> yeah, ambiguous. Yeah, I think it makes him like a freedom fighter, but... Uh... Well, I'd, you, you have to watch that episode. If, you, if you'd ever watch DS9, you, you could oh, try gosh. your own... Is that, a, is that a DS9 episode? It is. Okay, I, I was I was wondering, because I was like... I it's actually an arc. But that brings up a point that we've discussed a little bit before, how next-gen shies away heavily from doing episodes that are interlinked that have an arc that goes between several yes so apparently that started to become a thing in ds9 there are more ongoing stories in ds9 but well yeah generally like, i mean they had that whole you know like dominion thing and they had the whole uh, you know shapeshifters on earth bit yep ds9 clearly started to embrace the idea of episodes in continuity a little Where, more, uh, but it's not that much. There isn't that much ongoing stuff. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's a war going on, so that's the arc. But, like, within the individual episodes, there's still, like, one mm-hmm. or two parters is kind of mostly what they do. No, I dig it. I just, I think it's interesting because if, say, Next Gen came out today... Oh, it'd be so different. It would be because the way series are produced today, like, even fucking sitcoms... They're all about story arcs and season-long plots or multiple-season plots uh, where Next Gen just was not. You know, Next Gen was single story, single story, single story. Man, if if TNG came out today and it was produced on cable, it would be so different depending who would ma- who was making it. Mm-hmm. Like, if it was on network TV, it would be one thing. If it was on cable, like, yeah, like HBO, HBO presents like, Star yeah. Trek. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> Captain Picard aboard the USS Space Boot. <laughs> there would be lots of nudity. Oh, there there would be there would be tons of it. And foul language. Motherfucker. So you want a reboot of TNG? No, not at all. I'm just No, I don't. Just as a thought experiment, the way that TV programs are made today is considerably different than the way they were made back in the 80s and written. Yeah, that would be more soap opera elements for sure. Um, I mean Ronald D. Moore obviously uh, wrote for TNG and then later did Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, yeah. I uh, good. You know, I've only, I still have only seen the first two seasons and part of season three. Other writers also did other work in sci-fi. Ronald D. Moore made Battlestar Galactica. Brandon Braga worked on Star Trek. He then took a poop and called it Voyager. See, I, I, I don't like Voyager, but I do try to avoid 
pooping on Voyager too much on the show, just because I know yeah. that there, I know that we have listeners out there that are probably Voyager fans, and they're they're entitled to their opinion. They are. I'm entitled to mine. You are. Anyways, we were discussing earlier over dinner. We went to Denny's. It's a classy affair. Oh yeah. Um, but we were discussing how, especially like in season one, a lot of the episodes are actually out of chronological order. Yes, I was thinking. I was thinking about that while I enjoyed my slam burger. Thought enjoyed to myself, "Enjoyed is a strong word, isn't it?" Yeah, it's a bit strong. <laughs> while you endured your slam burger, it was food. <laughs> it was basically replicated food. It was technically sustenance. Yeah, Wikipedia is kind enough to provide all the star dates for every episode. Um, it seems like season one is the only season where the majority of the episodes are out of chronological order. It would be interesting to watch them in chronological order. Yeah, just maybe one more way to make season one a little more bearable. Although I think it would be largely pointless because nothing that happens in season one impacts yeah. any other episode. I almost wonder if it's just an oversight that it happened that way because they didn't do that I in expect subsequent so. seasons. Nevertheless, I probably will post the seasons in chronological order for anyone who yeah. would care to watch them that way. Like, I have just started watching Clone Wars in chronological order because, oddly enough, with the Star Wars Clone Wars series, they they did this a lot where, even in season three and four and so on, there are episodes that take place before episodes of season one. It's weird that they did it that way. I think they just kind of, like, as they were writing it, they are like, oh, this would be good to have happened back then. Let's write an episode where it did. It's just interesting storytelling. Yeah. And I'll say this for Clone Wars, at least, watching it in chronological order is considerably better than watching the series in its broadcast order, because it makes considerably more sense. And that's not the case for Next Gen, I don't think, because... No, the Next Gen episodes are just... Stuff happens, and then more stuff happens later. It doesn't Mm -hmm. really impact one show to the next, more or less. Except for major things like the Bork attack. Oh man, I hope that they fucked up and that Tasha's death happened before Tasha's off the series. That would be funny. Oh, I didn't even look at that. that oh, hey, be- <laughs> speaking of missing characters, Troy was out not in this episode again. Oh yeah, Troy just not there. No explanation given this time. What up with that in season one? Do you think they like, did she have like, a different contract than everybody else? Just Maybe. doesn't appear in a bunch of shows? It's, it's possible. I mean, it could just very well be that, you know, in season one, like when they were writing it, they were just like, We've got nothing for Troy this episode. I don't, I don't know. Maybe she didn't have equal billing to the other characters. That, like, that seems like a definite possibility. Like, I mean, her... Well, they had Yar, right? So, like, three female yeah. characters? Who needs that many? Yeah, the... Uh, well, I mean, her name is on the credits of every episode, regardless of whether she's in it or not, so... That's true. Oh, yeah, maybe. So, I don't think it's a billing thing. Don't actors often have, like, something in their contract where they basically have to appear in every show, even if it's just a cameo? Um, a lot of actors do. I, I doubt Marina Sirtis had that kind of clout uh, yeah, on her no, uh, on not. her contract initially, at least. Right. But I expect that probably by season two or three, it became a mandate for the writers that every character has to be has to appear in every episode, even if only for a scene or two. So since last time we were told Troy was on vacation, we're le- this time we're left. It's up to our imagination to think about what she was doing. Yeah. I mean, so. all the events of this show take place in a pretty compressed amount of time, so it could just be that, like, Troy was not on duty that span of time. Yeah. Data finding his brother, you would think that she would be in... Oh, she'd be all over that. Exactly. Although Data doesn't have emotions. However, when Data gets his emotions chip, Ugh. can she sense emotions in him? Because there are other times, like in, uh, in season well, seven when Data's getting emotions from Lore, and she's like, Data, I can sense emotions in you. Yeah, that was just terrible. I wish like, they hadn't done that. I'm curious as to how she would sense emotions in a machine. 
since one is left to believe that Troy's abilities are in some some form of limited telepathic power, yeah. uh, it doesn't make sense. I almost think Jordy would be more likely to be able to sense emotions from Data. Yeah, because he knows them better than anyone else. Because they're fucking best friends. Oh, I just meant his positronic brain is electromagnetic in nature. Oh. Do you think it would change Data's aura? His his because remember radiation there's, and there's an episode coming up where yeah, uh, where Data, where Jordy wears that thing on his visor so that the crew can see what he's seeing when they go over to that ship. What? Yeah, yeah. It's it's the Klingon episode. Oh, I don't remember this at all. Yeah, yeah. We? There's this like this device that he puts the clips onto his visor that they're testing out so that on the bridge the captain on the ma- on the main viewer gets to watch the away mission through Jordy's eyes so we get we get to see what Jordy sees and how Jordy sees and when he looks at data data has an aura so you're telling me in the 24th century they still haven't perfected google glass Apparently not. I mean, that's the funny thing, right? Right. On all these away missions, they're constantly reporting back, you know, via audio. And you would think that by the 24th century, they could have streaming video. Like, why does the communicator not have, like, a built-in camera? Or, you know, like you say, with the Google Glassing, why are the away team members all not wearing some manner of camera that allows them to transmit it is surprising that they don't have video recorder. Like, you think that just the tricorders would just do that. It seems like a useful thing, like, especially on things like uh, tactical missions and stuff, or, or uh, like, upcoming uh, Skin of Evil, when they get down there and the car's like, what's going on? If only, if only they if had... If only we had video. Yeah, if only we had video capabilities. Apparently, you know, streaming video is still really rough then, you know? I guess YouTube technology just took a massive dive. It seems like certain technologies just, for whatever reason... It seems like 24th century society just doesn't pursue them or doesn't care to have them in place. It almost seems like by choice, because clearly they would have had it developed. Yeah, um, um, although often I think that the reason these technologies don't exist on the show is because it would be too expensive to oh, depict them on the show. Like of the, course. <laughs> the special effects wouldn't be up to it, or it would just add another level of complexity. So they're just like, fuck it, let's not even bother with it because no one's going to care. It's more fun to think about as a, in a hypothetical mm-hmm. sense. I didn't think we'd have this much trouble talking about Lore. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Lore only appears in two more episodes. But he's such a bad guy. He's so scary. I've never been scared of Lore. I just think he's a dick. No, he's a dick, but, like, I don't know. The potential for evil or destruction. Like, he, he, well, he, We never really see Lore do anything truly bad. He always seems so more and more menacing than yeah. anything else. I don't know, like, the second lore episode is kind of lame. Well, I mean, he doesn't really do anything super terrifying in that episode. He kills Soong. Does he? Yeah. I didn't think he killed Soong. I thought Soong just died. No way, he kills him. Oh. He's dying anyway, but I mean, like, lore finishes him off. Oh, I, I have no recollection of that. He steals, uh, yeah, he, he, he swaps identities with Data yeah. again. Tricks Soong. Into giving him the, uh, yeah, but I thought Soong just died after that. Like, I, I thought, like, you know, his, he just died naturally I'd... Lore beats him and then he dies because yeah. because of, of his wounds it's a pretty jerky thing to do yeah I, I had no idea um, and then you know again he, he comes back with the Borg the Borg wearing that sort of like that deep sea diver suit thing he yeah, wears yeah he wears that weird like he, well it's his his uh, attempt you know uh, fit in with the Borg guys to, to rival Wesley's sweater game I thought you know he's... it is like a weird padded outfit yeah. it's it's Pales compared to Wesley's sweaters. Like, yeah. get real lore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you've got nothing. Apparently, I, I assume that, you know, having met Wesley on the Enterprise ever since then, his 
all-consuming goal right. has been to, you know, defeat Wesley at Sweater Game. It's true. Like, we don't really know what motivates Lore. I, he, he kind of hints in this episode that he, he absorbed the knowledge or the... the, the yeah. The, the minds of yeah, the colonists. Yeah, that's the thing. He, he, he says to Data, you know, ima- imagine, like, we could encompass the knowledge of thousands or millions of beings of all different varieties. And Data's like, how? And he's like, we'll discuss that later. And then they never do. Well, I, I assue maybe that's some kickback that he gets from the crystalline entity consuming maybe. them? Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe he just means the consumption of knowledge, stealing it from... The, yeah. I mean, he, he really gets off on reading the like the memory banks of the Enterprise. Oh, yeah, he loved it. Chilling uh, orchestra. Yeah. No, like, he's, bum, 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 bum. he's got the internet. Pretty much. Pretty much. So he wants every cat if ever. Yes! Though, uh, just on a tangent here, which I may edit out, we'll see how you just correctly pronounced Jif and not Gif. And it reminds me of that episode in season two, uh, where Dr. Pulaski calls Data Data. <laughs> She's like, could you pass me that Data? He's like, it is Data. She's like, doesn't matter. Like, what's the difference? He's like, one it's is my, my name. name. It's my the, name, bitch. <laughs> one is my name. The other is not. Yeah. And then Pulaski, in true, true to her horribleness, starts to try to, like, could this be, like wounded ego or pride and it's like no it's just one is my name and the other is not shall i start calling you dr Poloski or like come on it's not very polite it isn't very polite dr Pulaski is terrible to data and i don't like her but we'll get to that in season two you're talking about um what if tng were being shot today yeah what would be like the worst reboot they could make of it and why don't you cast it for me oh gosh i guess with contemporary people the worst reboot this is being made in 2014 or like it could be a good one if you want like do whatever like i i would prefer to uh i imagine if they did it it would be awful yeah well i mean if i'm going to run this thought exercise i'm gonna go with i'm, I'm gonna run it as how i would do it as opposed to how all right what might happen to it okay to begin with i would want to keep it away from like sci-fi because well, you mean the network? Yeah. Okay, I, yeah. Sci-fi, S-Y-F-Y. That was a weird thing when they changed their name to that. It used to be pronounced data, and then they <laughs> changed it to sci-fi. I would keep it away from sci-fi because they've pretty much lost my respect in, on every front. Maybe back when they were still producing Battlestar Galactica, I would have been okay with them taking it on but not now they've uh, they've pretty much proved that they don't have an interest in creating quality shows anymore so i assume we're going hbo big budget it's hbo or showtime one of the two <laughs> showtime all right okay yeah i fully expect that like we talked about earlier that it would be a series plotted with an ongoing kind of storyline i'm nominating for the role of john luke picard i'm gonna go with cable stalwart michael chiklis oh i no man no <laughs> you know to me that sounds like casting because he's bald you know well like, it is um but whatever I, i'm gonna i'm gonna disagree i don't think captain picard has to be bald oh, i don't wrong i i okay go ahead um i don't know uh i guess you know what i, I i'm gonna cast uh the guy who plays captain holt on uh brooklyn 99 he, he's got a lot of commanding presence uh, he can be bald anybody can shave their head the uh the the main switch here of course i would be totally down with a black captain picard i think captain holt's really cool so i think that he would make a good captain picard i don't think any, there really is no one else who can play captain picard. yeah well i mean obviously not 
I just maintain I think the results are going to be horrendous no matter what we do, so I'm going with the most horrendous casting possible. That's well, okay, Michael so, Chiklis. So we're approaching it from do two different sides. Yeah, that's fine. You are, you are doing it that. as if you're the shittiest version you can make, and I am going to go with the best version I can make. Right. Don't besmirch the good name of Michael Chiklis like that, but okay. How about, I don't even know. Wesley Crusher? Wesley Crusher. I would, uh, I think I would drop the character of Wesley Crusher entirely. Entirely? Yeah. I don't think he really serves much of a purpose on the show. Like, Wesley Crusher, originally, he, he's basically, you know, a wish-fulfillment character for Gene Roddenberry. Gene Roddenberry has, has said in a number of interviews that he based Wesley Crusher on himself as a, as a young man, you know? Mm-hmm. Not the, the genius aspect of it, but everything else. So... I would I would get rid of Wesley entirely. He doesn't really serve a purpose. I would bring Darwin the Dolphin back from Sequest. Think Sequest? Yeah, Sequest DSV. I think it was CG, so he should still be around. No, no. Uh, well, I mean, he was CG in the shots where he's out swimming, but in, oh, okay. in all of the other shots, you know, like when he's swimming around the ship or when he's in the pool, that was a real dolphin. Well, now we can use a CG dolphin. Named yeah. Wesley. Data, I think, needs to be played by Matt Frewer as Max Headroom. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Just okay. crazy enough to work. So would Data just be on all the screens? <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, Data would be the ship's AI. Oh, wow, okay. Okay, but it would, he be, would he be separate from the computer? I don't know, he would be the computer. I, I assume that... You know, all right. Let, let's make the computer an AI and, di- and its name is Data. This is and, really and he's all like Max Headroom-esque. Yeah, okay, right. I'm on board with the shitty version now. Let's all right. keep going with this. So we got to have a spot on the bridge for Wesley Crusher, the, the Jonathan Braddock's <coughs> dolphin. He's got a little tank, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I guess so. In the walls? Or can he like swim around the wall? Like, yeah, like, like he did on the DSV. Um, okay, um, who's next? Worf? Worf. Um, Just airlift in Cal Drogo. Oh yeah, Jason Momoa was great. Cal Drogo was great. For this version, we'll just—he'll just be Cal Worf. Yeah, um, Worf Drogo. Yeah, yeah. Worf, son of Drogo. Great. Riker. Who should be Riker? Who's? Why don't we make Riker female? Okay. Maybe Gina Torres. Uh, she was on Firefly as. Zoe. Oh, her right. Okay. Zoe. She's kind of a badass. She's and, kind she's, of... and she's tall too, like Riker was. So. Yeah. She. Uh, she. She played alongside Michael Chiklis actually on the shield. Oh, there you go. So, and she's taller than him. Yes. Yeah. Because he's very short. Perfect. Gina Torres is Commander Wilma Riker. Wilma. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, this is really bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I should like put our, a photo of our cast nice. with this. Man. Oh, uh, Deanna Jordy. Sh- oh, get Jordy. Okay. Yeah, let's do Jordy. I, I, I guess Donald Glover. Sure. Because of their moment they, they together. They have chemistry. Unity. Sure, okay. Okay. Would he have a visor? Yes, because the yes. visor is just awesome. Okay, yeah, we just straight I mean, up. Let, let's not mess with what works. I'm and sorry. the visor works, baby. All right. So or... we're on to uh, Troy. Troy would clearly be an animated character. I'm thinking like... Like, 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 like Krieger's holographic anime bride in Archer. Anime could work. <laughs> well, then she'll always have constantly dewy eyes, you know, giant and welling with potential tears. Voice talent of Harvey Firestein. <laughs> yeah, you know, like Dr. Girlfriend. Captain, I'm feeling a lot of emotions. There you go. Dr. Crusher. Is Dr. Quinn available? Medicine Woman? Jane Seymour? Is she? Jane Seymour? She's pretty old yes. at this point, but she was in the original Battlestar Galactica. So, oh, yeah. So she's got some sci-fi pedigree there. Yeah. But no, I think 
think the pink Power Ranger is available? Uh, probably. She's not doing anything these days. Sure. <laughs> I think, you know, I mean, then she can just do, like, acrobatics as well on away missions. You know, make make Dr. Crusher more, more action-packed. Dr. Crusher was not particularly action packed. No, she wasn't. But now she can be with uh, with Kimberly. With this cast. <laughs> Kimberly, the Pink Ranger, as Dr. Crusher. Nice. The, the bonus of having Wesley be a dolphin is that he can never go on away missions. Yay! <laughs> Except that they're in the ocean. There we go. Star Trek, the next, the next generation. The nexter generation. <laughs> We've well and truly ruined Star Trek for all time. Sorry, I, I shed on your idea of casting it well. Yeah, no, that's... I think that would have been harder. No, that's fine. As, as soon as I got on board with uh, the terrible casting, uh, it was fun. Oh, uh, how would you rate this episode? Oh, yeah, I guess we got to rate this episode. Generation. We're coming up on the end here. Data lore, I'm going to give it a Lieutenant Junior Grade. So one filled pip, one unfilled pip. All right. No, what? Fuck it. No, it's an ensign. 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 I did not like this episode. I did not like reviewing this episode, but I'm going to give it a junior lieutenant. Junior lieutenant? All right. Yeah. Very well. The most interesting part is the, the mystery of the planet and I guess the mystery of Union Soon. Yeah. That's enough for me to take it out of Ensign territory. Okay. This episode is dead. Yeah. Much like Omicron Theta. Yeah. All right. So thank you for joining us aboard the Diecast Enterprise. I don't know what we're reviewing next week because I always forget to check. Another exciting episode of Star Trek. Yeah, it's going to be great. So yeah. please tune in. Uh, this is Pags. I'm Foley. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>